Hello, guys, and welcome back to the season finale of Talk About It, Sis. This is episode 20. I can't believe we made it here, <laughs> but we did. Um, I know I told you guys in the last episode that we are going on a month break, coming back in September with some new content for you guys. Um, but in the meantime, I'm very excited to be in episode 20. Um, Amanda, how are you feeling? I am feeling good. Just a little overwhelmed with uh, work and stuff, but I think today's episode will allow me to kind of that in some perspective. Yeah, it always does, right? Talk it out, talk it out. So can you tell them a little bit about what we're talking about today? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about managing our mental health and our well-being, aka yes. self-care. I mean, yes. that's like a buzzword right now. So we're definitely going to go yeah. into that. Let's get into it. <laughs> sure. So I think before we kind of get into managing our mental health, I think it's mm-hmm. good if we start off talking about what burnout is, because a lot of times okay. people don't start to manage their mental health or pay attention to it until it reaches like that breaking point. Kind of like when people get sick, it's like they, they go to the dentist when the toothache gets terrible, but not when, you know, it first starts off. Yeah. Can you tell us what a burnout is? Yeah. So oftentimes we apply or we say burnout regarding work, but we can be burned out from a lot of things. And so I'll explain y'all burnout, but when listening, I want you to apply it to other parts of your life. It could be a hobby or something. It could be your social life. Um, But actually, this is actually according to like the Mayo Clinic and WebMD, because I looked at both to see what what they... uh, Uh, listed as burnout symptoms. So some of them include becoming real cynical of your job, real critical, like irritable, everything at your job or about you say your hobby, it just annoys you. You hate waking up Mm -hmm. in the morning to go to it. You have trouble getting started. You're starting stuff with your coworkers, your clients. It's it's not your usual self. Um, You don't have the motivation, you know, anymore. And everything about it is just you hate. I feel like that's the basis of you just like you hate your job. And it's not like you went into your job hating it, right? At some point, you loved your job. You were, say, a good employee, but you've reached a point where you're just like in another headspace when you it's time for you to work. And it also affects your sleep pattern. You are pretty much exhausted. And even if you do a good job, it just doesn't feel satisfying. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's been super hard to like maintain my work-life balance. I feel like Honestly, for like five months out the pandemic, I was literally like working from my bed every single day, which is obviously not healthy. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like getting out of bed. And if I could work at bed, I'll just do that. And then I had to like force myself, literally force myself to start getting up and working at my desk um, so I could be like more productive. Like I'm usually the type of person that does like to do lists, like you know, I have everything in order, making sure I get stuff done on time. And like, yeah, of course, like even at my worst, I'm still getting stuff done on time and still like doing what I have to do. But like, I obviously know that I'm not operating at my best. And I think that, I mean, we've almost been home. Well, it'll be a year and a half. Like it's getting a, a little, a little ridiculous. And like, while I like working from home, it's also like the added, I mean, there's just a lot happening in the world. <laughs> you know, it's still, now we got this new fucking Delta variant coming back. Like it's a lot of stress. It's not knowing what happened. Like they just put the mask mandate back at my job and we haven't even been back in the office yet. So like now it's like, everything's changing again and what we thought might be happening and finally getting some sense of normalcy. It seems like we're taking like a couple steps back. Um, 
but like I mentioned in the last episode, you know, having with all the protests and like the freaking storming the Capitol and like I'm a journalist and I'm constantly covering like things that are extremely stressful. Um, so all of that being in the house has definitely caused me some serious, serious burnout. And then also like the types of stories I cover are very can be very sad and like traumatic. So it's just like it can be a lot. Yeah, and I'm about to take a two freaking week vacation. <laughs> yes, a solo vacation so I can really just like try to get my mojo back. I'm not depressed. I'm freaking tired. I'm tired. Like, And so I'm wondering if yeah. there's probably not a term or maybe a term being developed. If a lot of us are feeling this way, yeah. like are we burned out or are we just, I mean, burned out in the sense of is it our job or if it, is it just the situation? This situation. I think I think it's a culmination of all those things, right? Like this is obviously uncharted territory. None of us have ever lived through a pandemic, and I mean, I was reading some like uh, slides on Instagram that were basically like, "Of course, you're not functioning at your best. We just literally are in the middle of a pandemic, trying to survive and do our work and like live through this whole new way of life with still a lot of uncertainty about right. what's coming next." Like I literally was like, "Oh wow, September is going to be." normal and now i'm like oh maybe september's not gonna be normal yeah you know being in the house for a year in general is gonna have a huge impact right. on your mental health you're right and you're Period. right it's something we've never dealt with i mean i, I don't want to make this comparison at all but it's good for people to understand like that's what people in jail have to go through which is why so many people believe in prison reform and in the inhumane conditions and solitary confinement because yeah. being in one place with not Allah is it's just bad for our psyche. Yeah, it's really bad for our psyche. Like a solitary confinement, I'm totally yeah. against. I mean, I know this is <laughs> not like, the, episode, not the but... point of because you because we're made for human communication. It's literally like torture, like literally psychological torture. Yeah, so and I think about we should outlaw that. People that are in the house like alone. Like some people, at least if again we yeah. kind of talked about this last episode. If you're if you get along with the people in your home, that social support is so helpful versus like being isolated yeah, in the house by yourself this entire pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So I think burnout is very real for a lot of people right now, but I also think it's to be expected and it's not something that you like should shame yourself for. What I mean, what about you? Do you feel like you're experiencing yeah, burnout? I, I definitely experience burnout, but I also want to be conscious that it might not it just be my job, but I'm ready to transition. And mm-hmm. being that I graduated during the pandemic, and I'm ready to kind of go to a new career. I think I'm just kind of tired of my job. Not that I don't enjoy it. And, um, you know, I don't I don't go into work every day like, oh, forget this. But I am ready to start anew. And I think combined with that yeah. pandemic, it's definitely creating some burnout. But um, also, you just mentioned like the kind of work you do the stories you have to um, encounter, you could also be going through compassion fatigue. And for those of you listening, if uh, you never heard the term before, I'm definitely, I'll, I'll go through what it is. But you may have been listening to the burnout symptoms like, I'm not burned out, but it's something. And it may be compassion fatigue. And pretty much what that means, people who work in jobs where we kind of take on secondary trauma, so journalists like Maya, therapists like myself, Um, people who work for the fire department, police officers, we are constantly taking in the emotional stresses of other people. And like it weighs on us. Mm -hmm. So on top of the burnout and the pandemic, we're coming home from work or at work and we got everyone else's problems on us. And so when you have, and when you're struggling from compassion fatigue, it's not like you don't want to work, 
but you may find yourself working too hard. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I got these, I got these clients. I got these people that I want to help. I don't know how to say no. Like you're so overwhelmed with caring for people. As a matter of fact, I think mm-hmm. I got Maya this book completed to that. I can't. It's funny. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a great book on compassionate But I do remember. Oh gosh, I'll have to look it up to figure out the name. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a good. It was such yeah. a good book. But <laughs> a lot of times, compassion fatigue can look like little mini symptoms of PTSD um, because of that secondary trauma. So you kind of get detached easily. Sometimes you may even be desynthesized. Like you hear so much bad news. You're like, okay. Things that make some people go, oh my God. You're kind of like, oh, next. Yeah. <laughs> Things like yeah. that. Have you experienced passion fatigue on the job? Yeah. Uh, of course. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> like I said, I do a lot of story. I do, I do a lot of stories that surround like, you know, tragic things that have happened to people but I either do it to like spread awareness like I recently did a story about this woman whose daughter died after swallowing a button battery um and like she was a baby yeah and the battery even after you find the battery the battery keeps burning in your system for days so it burnt a hole through her like esophagus and she ended up passing away she was only 18 months old and you know so I interviewed her mom and uh, we kind of like went through what happen but that's like a tragic freaking story you know i'm doing it in my head because i'm like wow like we'd really need to obviously spread this awareness there's a lot of parents who don't know she's trying to get laws passed in the daughter's name so like obviously this is a super important if we can save another child that would be great but then you're like dang i need to like decompress from this really horrible story you know like so it's like a balance um and i think before the pandemic i would try to like i was doing a lot of these stories obviously and i was trying to you know i was doing a lot more than i'm doing now i feel um Um, as far as like the amount of stories I'm doing, but I'm also beginning to realize in the pandemic, like this is a lot of emotional weight for me to be taking on, even though I think those stories are so important and I'm, I'm telling them because I want to tell them. Um, I also have to be like, okay, Maya, like what is feasible for you Mm -hmm. right now? (laughs) It's like, it's a lot, but Mm -hmm. I can tell that you're experiencing compassion fatigue because kind of explain it so matter of factly, like for some people hearing that news would be so tragic. And like, now it's like, you know, at work today. No, I mean, I absolutely do think it's tragic, but I'm just trying to give people the gist of like, (laughs) I mean, I'm a reporter. So (laughs) my, but there are some people who would not be able to tell that story without like clenching up. Yeah, I'm sure dropping a tear or something. I think that's the part about what, you know, people like us do is that we hear like this all the time. We can just tell a story and not really show emotion, even though we may feel it. And that's another thing. We yeah, may, we that's true. Detached. I don't know if, if you experienced that, but just listening. No, I'm definitely not detached. I definitely am feeling this story. But like, as a journalist, I can't be crying in an interview, you know, like you can't. Yeah. In the pandemic, I definitely have had the most anxiety that I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, obviously, that's not just work. It's like, you know, just it's part of everything that's that I've decided to do, being an EMDR, having a really stressful job, oh, um, wow. being in a pandemic, like it's all these, mm-hmm. it's all of these things. So it's not just one. So I think I'm experiencing burnout just like from a lot of Right, right. So how have you been managing it like this, this time? Honestly, I'm not sure that I've been doing the greatest job. Um, <laughs> I've been just, uh, honestly, the gym really helps me um but then i tore then i got hit by a freaking car and tore my lcl so that has been kind of like thrown off a bit a bit so that's been tough um 
but I usually try to go to the gym a lot. I've been trying to like meditate when I can, pray when I can, um, mm-hmm. you know, just taking mental health days. Um, I'm going on this two week vacation. Like I said, I really think that's going to help me like reset, recharge, and I'm not doing any work. I'm not even going to bring my nice. laptop. That is so awesome. Yeah. Um, You're not bringing your laptop? No. Absolutely not. I'm okay. blessed to have like the privilege to be able to do this. Obviously, there's so many people that don't have that privilege. So, but I'm like, you know, I'm hoping that I'm going to come back feeling better because I feel like some days I'm totally fine, and then some days my anxiety is just like out of control. But I'm I'm serious about like, hey, if I'm not having a good day, like my day is like really not going well, I'll I'll literally just mm-hmm. take take off of work because for me, mental health and sickness or you know taking sick days, it's the same thing. Like if I'm not good mentally, then I'm just not good, mm-hmm. um, and it holds the same weight to me as being physically sick. Um, but how do you feel like you manage? Um. Honestly, I have not been managing uh, well at all. What I have been doing is I've been doing what you just said. I will take off work. Um, And I will say that it it definitely is a privilege. It should not be. But it's a privilege to be able to kind of take off work when I feel like it. And when I say I feel like it, I, you know, I may have a meeting or something, but just the flexibility of knowing I could shut down and still get paid. Yeah. It, it's beautiful. And I didn't used to be like that. I, I used to be like, oh God, I can't take off work. I got to do this, got to do that. Maybe I work a half day, but I'm like, you know what? I'm taking off. Forget yeah. everybody. I'm closing this computer. I'm not, I'm turning off my work sale. Yeah. It's, it's the only thing. Um, The other day I was just having, I was going, I don't know if I was like having a panic, panic attack or something, but it was just very overwhelming for me on a work day. So I went to Trader Joe's and like, I bought some of my favorite like treats. Um, I bought some flowers and wine, of course. <laughs> and I kind of like set the flowers up, ate, ate a really good meal. And then I had some wine and that was how I decompressed. Um, I know like coping with alcohol is trash, but it's like a, it's an easy fix for me. I'm not even going to fake. Like it's an easy, quick fix. And I think the worst part about being like being burned out is sometimes you can't escape the work. Yeah. And that's been my struggle. Mm. Yeah. No, you can't. (laughs) I mean, like um, you can't always escape the work at least. But like I said, I'm I'm making um, conscious efforts and really like being aware not to shame myself. I feel like I used to be like a super perfectionist. And if I had taken the amount of days off that I've taken this year, any other year, um, I would have been like, girl, like you're tripping. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> but now I'm kind of just like, you know what? This is what I have to do for my mental health. Obviously, I've never been in a situation like this before. And I'm going to take what I need to take because my job is is not benefiting from me not being in a good mental state either you know like okay. they get the best work when i'm at my best so if i'm not at okay. my best it doesn't make any sense for me to it just doesn't make sense <laughs> um no that makes perfect sense so yeah also just being very patient and kind with myself and not critical and just understanding that you know i'm doing the best that i can with where i'm at right now and i think self-compassion when you're feeling this way is just like literally so important and uh, it helps also that i have like a really great boss who is totally understanding and i could tell her listen like i can't do this or like i can't do this right now Uh, and she's totally she's just you know she's understanding she's a human she realizes that you know this is a tough time for a lot of people so can we talk about how having a great boss can literally 
Oh, it shifts everything. Just shifts everything. I mean, yeah. we talk about burnout. Imagine having a trash boss, which yeah. plenty of people go through. I've heard so many stories. Of course. Yeah, I've had them. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. so I'm like you. I'm so lucky to have a great boss. Yeah. I don't makes know a if big it's difference. because she's a woman and she's like a mom too. It's just like she gets it. She doesn't cut us any slack by any means. But it's yeah. like we get it. You you need to be off. Yeah. And I think that makes a huge difference. And I'm just like Think about how many people don't have that, you know, ability to just go to their boss and be like, yo, I can't do it today. Or, you know, like, so. No, you're right. I take that back about her being a woman. I had a coworker. We had different bosses and she was pregnant. She was literally delivering within like two, three weeks. Mm -hmm. She was like crying. She was like, I've. I can't take off because I really got to be here to do this. And she was an attorney and she, I'm just like, bruh, she's like, she, her boss didn't want her to take off. Doesn't like when people take off, even if it's related to the sickness. Girl, and I just like, yeah, she was a woman. So I can't even say it's because she's a woman, but I just felt so bad I for mean, that you woman. Can. There are, there are more compassionate women. than. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can't, <laughs> I can't say, I can't measure that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had, but it's just, God, when we talk about burnout and support systems, your coworkers yeah. and your boss is a support system when you're in the office. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. You know, and like just being able to talk candidly with my boss, I feel like super helps. And it's also like my boss was my coworker before she was my boss. So thankfully, mm-hmm. like we built up that relationship. Oh, a good relationship. Beforehand. Yeah. yeah which is We really definitely helpful. don't put enough emphasis on that. Like we're at work eight hours a day, maybe more. <laughs> Yeah. Lots more for some people. Yeah. And we don't, we minimize the importance of the people we are with at work. Yeah. Like, yeah. I also just find it's super important to like get out of the house, get up, go for a walk in the middle of the day sometimes. Like if I'm feeling extra stress about work, I feel like I just need to catch my breath. I'll go for like a walk around the block. I'll go get a smoothie. Like mm-hmm. I just, I think honestly, like we think we have to do these like super large things to, you know, keep our mental health in check. But sometimes it's just like the little small things, you know, and just like also just treating yourself kindly. Kind. Yep. <laughs> you I know, like <laughs> I always think of when I, when I, you know, when I'm dealing with myself I deal with myself as like as though I'm a child because like for me Mm -hmm. that's like um, a lesson in like reparenting myself all the time like I previously talked about on episodes like I had very critical and a very critical upbringing that became my like inner voice when I got older and you know I've had to like make a a very conscious effort to like undo that so even like like I said like in situations like these just being like you know what Maya like it's okay that you're feeling this way right now you're having a really hard day and like how can you help yourself right now instead Mm -hmm. of shame yourself like what do you need in this moment um so just treating myself like that like because life's hard (laughs) you made a great point and it comes to the back of my mind all the time because i now i have a baby again but if us as an adults treated ourselves like the baby or kid version of ourselves Mm -hmm. we would take a lot more care I mean, when we have our kids, our kids, we tell our kids, don't watch this. Uh, Don't stay up too late. Yeah. You know, get off your phone. Eat this. Don't eat the sugar. Don't drink the soda. Because all these things are bad for you, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But we don't apply the same things to ourselves. And so, like, why don't I tell myself, like you said, it's okay. Do you want to get some ice cream? (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to take a break? Like, we literally should treat ourselves like a young child, like a baby. 
Yeah. That's a great I, point. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's a huge lesson in self-care. Like, hey, mm-hmm. rest rest is so important. You know, like, I don't feel like our our uh, country or actually the world maybe really mm. prioritizes rest as we mm-hmm. should. Like, we, because we live in a capitalist society, look at rest as like, dang, this is so unproductive. But rest is literally right. so productive. <laughs> yeah, like, that's like programming, though. Rest is so productive. Like, without rest, you cannot continue to function at the capacity that you are you're going to burn out if you don't get rest like the only reason we think rest is not normal is because we live in capitalism yeah i mean one of the first things doctors ask you is how's your sleep (laughs) yeah it's like you need rest yeah like the level of stressed out in general that this society is the level the depression rates the suicide rates to tell you says something ain't working Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then and then throw a pandemic on top of that what already wasn't working is being highlighted in a major way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah i think it's just caring about yourself day by day checking in with yourself yeah so i think it's it's good because sometimes the things that we think are normal or like people do people should do they don't so you mentioned um going out you know Mm -hmm. taking some time to yourself what other things small things that aren't expensive that don't take a lot of time do you do to kind of give yourself a break i mean take a bubble bath you know like you know put some rose petals in that like treat yourself like if you're single treat yourself how you would want a partner to treat you like okay um and it's also just the little things like maintaining organization if you can like Mm. making your bed in the morning having a clean space makes a huge difference in your mental health you know change something up in your room so you can feel renewed after being in a house you know seeing the same things get a new haircut you know apply some makeup girl. and go out on a, on, on a night on the town with your girls <laughs> or your guy friends like i rearranged my furniture like i uh, interior decorator i'd be like oh my god <laughs> that really yeah. helps me rearranging yeah. my furniture yeah it's like adding a, it's just like putting new energy in a space that you've been in and you have to see you know it can become just looking at the same thing can become draining too like all mm-hmm. of the, i think all of those things play a part like opening your windows you know not sitting mm-hmm. in the dark all day i have a bad habit of like i'm just gonna leave the curtains closed today <laughs> like, so i'm like no my you need to open up these windows hey get some air in the house some air circulating yeah. make pay attention to what you're eating if you're eating a lot of junk food that's obviously mm-hmm. gonna affect your mood make sure you're getting the vitamins and minerals you need eating lots of okay. greens like all of these things exercise is huge like even if it's just taking you know a three four mile walk that has a huge impact on your mental health like yeah totally it's it's the things that some people realize don't even matter so in terms of walking say you're going to work taking the scenic route so if you get off the subway and you used to walk in that way walk a different way go around the block Mm-hmm. Um, my, I mean, like you said, sunlight. The first thing I do when I wake up is I come to the living room and I open up all my blinds. Like I need to see light coming yeah. in, just something to give you like this boost of energy. Yeah. Um, playing like mu- new music. So yeah. music is a, huge. A song you haven't heard in a while, which is kind of like why I like the. Sometimes I like the radio, specifically Sirius XM. When a song comes on unexpectedly that I like really enjoy, mm-hmm. that really excites me. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the small thing, it's, it, and it's also being mindful of those small things. No, it's so true. Like it's recognizing so... they exist. Yeah, I, mean, I think music is huge. Whatever you like to do, if it's writing, if it's you know, writing, watching 
TV, like whatever are things that help you feel better. I think they make they yeah, make a giant difference. Like, yeah, we'll scoop this this to the left, scoop it to the right. You know? Yeah, Sometimes. yeah. <laughs> Do something. Do something, girl. Don't just. Uh, I read this also this other term that I had never heard before before called languishing, and they say it's like the space. It's not depression, but it's like you're not mm-hmm. unhappy, but you're not happy, and they say that that has like worse affects long-term than depression sometimes and i was like mm, oh wow interesting. i never okay. thought about that i mean also, i've heard of the term languish so i'm yeah. assuming it's similar to that yeah i assume okay. um <laughs> also something i practice and i've been like putting into practice a lot more is four seven eight breathing um so if you have like anxiety i feel like uh, i find this extremely helpful and there's been like psychological studies to show that it has a huge effect on your brain so like when you're in fight or fight or when you're having anxiety your your amygdala is basically like fried you know it's like you're in the in the attack brain the survivor brain um Mm -hmm. so when you're doing four seven eight breaths which is like breathe in for four seconds hold your breath for seven seconds and breathe out for eight seconds um if you do that twice a day and there's been like studies to prove that it allows your uh, nervous system to re-regulate itself so that when there are stressors your amygdala Mm. isn't becoming so easily hijacked right like a reset Uh, button yeah so i do that i've started to try to do that twice daily and it does make a difference i think like if i'm feeling super anxious or super triggered about something i definitely will just pause and be like let me do these four seven eights okay (laughs) <laughs> I wonder, do you know if that's the same amount of time that the Apple Watch acts us to breathe? Because I know my Apple Watch always reminds me oh, to breathe. Oh, maybe. Maybe, I yeah. just thought about that. <laughs> I mean, I think any breath, any any breath work is extremely helpful because, you know, your brain needs oxygen. Your brain needs to switch it up. Like, I, I think mm. breath is super important. Meditation, you know, just allowing yourself to get quiet and not think about anything or stress about anything. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's definitely a practice and it's definitely, like, not easy. You know, take they say it takes 21 days to make a habit. <laughs> um, oh, God, it's a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. But, <laughs> you know, I also don't like, I'm also not like, dang, you forgot your four, seven, eight breathing today. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of like, all right, you know, we'll try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So the- what do you say about like, say you are in a good space? Mm-hmm. And someone bring, I, I know we're not to let other people get us out of character, but something, some scenario mm-hmm. brings you out of that zone. How do you get yourself back? I think just doing some of those things that I said, like just taking time to myself. I try not to let people impact me like that. I'm like, listen, I've got enough stress. I impact mm-hmm. me enough. I don't need to let these okay. people impact me. So I think part of that is like a mindset. A mindset. Okay. Like, do I really need to let these people bring me out of this piece that I'm in? Is what I'm really harping on that big of a deal? Or am I making it a bigger deal than it actually <laughs> That's is? That's a good point. I do that a lot. Clearly, like I was talking to you earlier, like yeah. situations at work where I feel like people are just being so unnecessary or just extra. It really gets me out of character. It gets me riled up like i legit feel like i'm about to go through some type of hypomania or something because i just get really excited Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay this is not happening and i'm just like all over the place and then at some point i kind of crash but i know Mm -hmm. i've spent the last few hours like hyped up yeah well i would think uh, i would like think about what is triggering that Uh, that's a good question i don't know I think you have to think more deeply about that because I think knowing that will help you to like not do that so much. Right. And I I still haven't figured that out. I have not figured out what when I'm at work, 
why do some people get me out of like I don't know I don't know if it goes back to me being like a perfectionist and liking things a certain way but when someone interrupts that the flow Mm -hmm. it bothers me like we got a flow going everything is like this and then you have one or two people that just railroads it and I think that's that may be what the trigger is when things don't go the way that I think they should go or a way to play it yeah well I think that goes back to control Right. Mm, and like when people it always feel, goes back. Yeah. <laughs> and when people feel like they're out of control, like when you feel like you don't have things under the, your control, that could be a destabilizing for a lot of people. Mm. But it's like I feel like the way you're reacting is not um, like in mm. alignment with what's actually happening. So exactly. that's how you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is like a trigger for something else. Like, I'm, okay. I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, in the bigger scheme of things, when you look at it from like totally objective, if I came to you with this situation and said, and I was telling you, oh, girl, I was like hyped up for four hours. You'd probably be like, <laughs> it's not that. you'd be like, Maya, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Right. Well, when you when you put a time frame on it, I mean, you said you was hyped up for hours. Oh uh, yeah, but I just want like hypothetically speaking. But when you say oh, like okay. four hours, I'm like, dang, did I really spend four hours obsessing about this? Oh, yeah, and it's God. like, damn, she forgot to file this document. That just took four hours I can't of your day. Believe that? Yeah, and like, what could you have spent those four hours doing? <laughs> You're right. Like, how could yeah. how could I have improved that process? Probably none at all, because yeah. he or her decision, he or her decisions don't have anything to do with me. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Ooh. not to like. I, I also don't, like don't want to convince people to like not feel their feel their feelings. I think it's really important to like acknowledge how you're feeling and like it's okay. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes we we're like we don't realize we're in a trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I you're find right. that happens with me sometimes for sure. And I'm like, hold up, this is not. This has nothing to do with what's like with what's happening right now. Like what's really going right. on. Right. And you actually still bring it back to the point of <laughs> dealing with children. How yeah. I used to deal with my adolescent clients is I was always like, Look, let's figure out what it is that's triggering you. So when it comes, you can catch yourself. Yeah. But I'm not applying that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, girl, today is a new day. Girl, I always I mean, I feel like it's a it's a constant work in progress. Yeah. Like I you know, I'm having to ask myself, why am I triggered right now? Or like mm-hmm. what is going on in this moment for me? You're like, yeah, Okay, I'm triggered. Yeah, right. I don't need to be carried away in this moment. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me practice my four, seven, eight breathing. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> and some days are better than others. And like yeah. you said earlier, I try not to beat myself up because I have exactly. gotten better. Exactly. But then some days it's like, Okay, I'm going back to my old ways. But I'm like you know what? I don't have to live in this moment. I, I yeah. can go right back tomorrow and keep on trying. Like not yeah. even tomorrow, like two exactly. hours from now. Exactly. And also, there's no such thing as going back to your own uh, old ways. Like I don't believe in that. Like for me, hmm. growth is not linear. You are going to mm-hmm. go back and forth. You are going to have bad days. It's just reality. Right. Like, but the point is that you are acknowledging it and you're working on it. And you know, t- tomorrow's a new day. Tonight yeah. is a new night, you know. Tonight like, is a new night. Okay. Yeah. When I get I off this like, podcast, yeah, shoot, I, feel I ain't like, gonna be worried about what happened at work. Exactly. I feel like that um, mindset was really toxic for me in my growth. Like mm-hmm. the damn, like I haven't changed at all, or like look at me doing the same things. Mm. Like, but I have to think about how many days I had good days, right? Right. Like, and then this right. is just one day that I happened to like go back. That's a good point. I don't think I've yeah. ever said, wow, you know what? You're doing pretty damn good, Amanda. Like, yeah, exactly. Wow. I need to think about how many, you know, like those, uh, 
in factories or like jobs, labor jobs that have those accident yeah. zero days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that for myself. <laughs> hey, get a get a board if you need to. Yeah, I sh- you're right. Oh, that's so cool. I should get a board. Be like, turn up <laughs> ten days, and then it goes back to zero when I turn up on something. <laughs> no, don't don't erase all your progress when you have one bad day. <laughs> Just mark it down and keep it going, and then you can look at the whole month and be like, wow, I only have one bad day. That is actually a great idea. I've never thought of that. Like, I keep a calendar for everything else. I should just have like a special color code for the days where I feel like I have lost it, and not, like look back and count when I yeah, yeah I like that yeah they had a really good app that I was using where you could like like monitor your mood so I was like yeah I, I have was, a I have uh, an app like that called eMood oh okay um but not in that form so but I'm like more of a I actually don't like apps I prefer to see things written down in front of me yeah old fashioned but yeah in general I think our mental health should come first you know we can't give anything to the world in States where we're extremely depressed or anxious or burnt out. So mm-hmm. us first, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, this was episode 20. How are you feeling about that? Oh, you know, I mean, we're coming back. So there's not, you know, I don't feel like the end of my favorite series when there's a series finale. It's just a season. We'll be back. Yeah, it's true. Better than um, ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll definitely see you guys in a month or so. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We'll still maybe do like a live or two. Yeah, we're, we'll try to get more engaged. You know, I'll step my, step my Instagram skills up. But we got some good things coming for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Next season. So... Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to rate us and like us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know what yeah, we're doing subscribe. right. If you're not on Apple, we're on Spotify. Um, but yeah, thanks you guys for tuning in. And we will see you next season. That's a wrap, y'all. All right, deuces.